0: Great Gildersleeve, along with some really, truly fine music. We got a nice lineup here planned for you. Yeah, today's Great Gildersleeve was originally broadcast March 21st of 1951. And in this show, what Gildersleeve is kind of feeling pushed out of the picture. Yeah, You know, Marjorie's come home with them babies, and now Bronco seems to be feeling his oats. Yeah, he, he had a baby. He had two babies. Now, Bronco, he's he's back home from the hospital with Marjorie, and he's sort of thinking of himself as, as the big man of the house. <laughs> he, 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 he wants to take over as head of the house. Well, he'll just leave. He's, he sees what's going on. He says... Well, Bronco, if that's what you want. Bronco said, no, no, I don't really want that, but he really does. So, Sleeve, he sort of calls his bluff in this one here. He says, Bronco, if you want to be the head of the house, well, you go right on. and yeah, somebody else is taking my place, says Sleeve, and it's Bronco. Here's J.P. Morgan. She knows about that stuff. Ooh, J.P., tell us about it. Morgan. Somebody else done take her place. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. You know, I sort of got into that one, started to, to hum along and sing along with J.P. near the end of that. Oops, she didn't mind. Yeah, somebody else taking my place. That's the name of that song. And I guess that's the way Gildersleeve feels tonight. Somebody else taking his place in the name of Bronco, that is. Yeah. Uh, Bronco well, you think he's going to be able to do it to run the whole household? We're going to find out today's great gildersleeve. And, uh, and when the end comes, and Bronco, well, he's just had enough gildersleeve. He's going to walk right up to him and say, are you satisfied? Yeah, kind of like what Clint Eastwood is asking right now. Here is Clint Eastwood on Sounds Like Radio.
1: Are you satisfied Really satisfied With a new love That's come your way Are you satisfied Are you satisfied Really satisfied With the love that gave you today Are you satisfied Really satisfied If you are Then I'll be on my way Are you satisfied Do you thrill To his kiss As you once did to mine Is there a chance That you regret Are you satisfied, really satisfied If you are, then I'll be on my way Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied?
0: Satisfied Yeah, Let me think about it, Clint. I don't know if I'm satisfied or not. Yeah, I don't know if I'm too satisfied. <laughs> I don't know if I'm too satisfied with that song. <laughs> you know, Clint Eastwood, he did his best there and a pretty good job, too, for a guy who, who really ain't a singer in real life. That comes from Clint Eastwood's album that he made when he was doing Raw. The album called Clint Eastwood Sings Cowboy Favorites. Are you Yeah, That's not an easy song to sing, actually. So, Clint did a good job there. Yeah, yeah, I bet you never thought you'd hear Clint Eastwood here on Sounds Like Radio. Well, you did. You did hear him. Yeah, there he is. All right, friends. We turn now to the Andrews sisters who say, just like Marjorie says... You know who's in control now? Daddy. Daddy, you in control. She's speaking of Bronco. She's speaking of Bronco, and she sings a song called Daddy. Well, she doesn't actually sing it, but the Andrews Sisters are going to sing it for her. Here are the Andrews Sisters in a song they recorded in the, I believe it was the late 50s or maybe early 60s, from an album entitled The Great Golden Hits. Here are the Andrews Sisters on Sounds Like Radio. Daddy! Hey,
2: Daddy. I want a diamond ring, bracelets, everything. Daddy, you ought to get the best for me, get the very, very best for me. Hey, Daddy. Gee, what well, I can in sables, clothes with careless labels. Daddy.
0: Andrews sisters getting kind of fancy on us there, singing, Daddy, hey, Daddy, where's my music? There it is. Hey, hey, hey. I knew it had to be on hand somewhere around here. Hey, hey, le- yeah, that was the Andrews sisters. They're singing Daddy because that's what Bronco is going to be considering himself, the big daddy in the house, the big daddy, the big cheese, because he's taking over the duties Of the Great Gildersleeve and running the entire house. Well, we're going to find out what happens in today's March 21st, 1951 episode of The Great Gildersleeve. Let's listen. The
3: Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as The Great Gildersleeve. Sleeve is brought to you each week by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of parquet margarine. Would you like to win a glamorous new Ford Victoria or one of the more than 1,150 other valuable prizes? Then enter parquet margarine's sensational $83,500 Name the Twins contest. Meanwhile, remember parquet is the margarine that tastes so good because it's always fresh. Get good-tasting, fresh-tasting parquet tomorrow at your grocer's. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine made by Kraft. Now let's look in on the great Gildersleeve. When there are babies in the house, it makes a lot of difference. There's more silence and more noise and more work and more play. In fact, there's more of everything going on. Yes, sir, since the twins came to the great Gildersleeve's house, the day begins pretty early. (laughs)
4: Listen to that. Pretty husky voice, huh, Leroy? Yeah. You must be the boy. Sounds like a baritone. You hope he doesn't wake up the little girl.
5: He woke me up at 6 o'clock this morning.
4: Yeah, with babies around the house, you don't need an alarm clock.
5: Trouble is, you can't set them. They'll have them to go off any time. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, these twins have been pretty good. They've got that sunny, gildersleeve disposition. Yeah. Well, here comes Marjorie and Bronco with the babies.
5: We're trying to get them back to sleep, are
4: you? Sorry, Marjorie. Good morning, Bronco.
5: Good morning, Mr. Gildersleeve.
6: Hello, Leroy. Hi. Oh, Leroy,
4: you frightened the baby.
6: I did. Now, big boy, that's just your Uncle Leroy. Uh, big boy?
5: Well, since we haven't selected names for the twins yet, we call them big boy and little girl.
4: Yeah, cute idea. Hello, big boy. Gitchy, gitchy, getcha, gitchy, 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 gitchy. look. He grabbed my finger.
5: He'll grab anything.
4: Hey. <laughs> you look at him. Hang on.
5: He was asleep until that window shutter upstairs started banging.
4: Oh?
6: I thought you were going to have that shutter fixed, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, I'm going to. I'll have it fixed right away. You said that last week. Yeah, well, Broncos.
5: Big boy's going to sleep. Hmm. Hey, why don't you keep him awake all day so he'll sleep later in the morning?
4: Hey, quiet, Leroy. There's too much noise going on around here. No Lover!
5: Bertie! Did I wake up the baby? Oh, that's all right, Bertie.
6: Sure, that's all right, Bertie. Think nothing of it. It's been done before.
5: (laughs) Come on, darling. Bertie and Leroy will take you upstairs. I'll take the one that isn't crying. I wouldn't take him upstairs, Bertie. No, Bertie, that trick shutter's banging up there. trick shutter. Well, we'll take him in the study. I thought that shutter was
4: fixed. Yeah, I know, I know, Bertie. Now let's go eat breakfast. I'll take care of the shutter.
5: I'll get the coffee and orange juice.
4: (laughs) Fine, my dear. Let's sit down, Rocco.
5: Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh,
6: I could take care of the shutter, Mr. Gildersleeve, but I hesitate to take the initiative around here since you're the head of the house.
4: Yeah, oh, Bronco, you won't find me resenting anything. We're one big happy family. If anybody has any constructive suggestions about how this house should be run, you should speak up. Yes, sir.
6: I probably shouldn't mention it, but if I were running the house, I'd do something about that light in the linen closet.
4: The light in the linen closet? Yeah, I hadn't looked in there recently.
6: Well, the switch doesn't work. But I wasn't going to
4: mention it. Yeah, I want you to mention these things, my boy. Uh, anything else wrong around here?
7: Uh,
6: no.
4: Now, Bronco, you've got something on your mind. Out with it.
6: Oh, it isn't anything big, Mr. Gildersleeve. None of these things are important.
4: Well, they're getting important. Continue.
6: Well, if I were running this house, I'd put a new window pane in the attic. Who? Oh? I didn't know it was broken. Yeah, it's cracked. I was up there the other day and a lot of cold air's coming in.
4: Nosy son-in-law.
6: Do <laughs> you understand, Mr. Gildersleeve? I'm not trying to take over. Oh, no. But these are things I'd do if I were running the house.
4: Oh, yes.
5: Are you too starved for breakfast?
6: Oh, yeah. Marge, how about Mr. Gildersleeve's bacon and eggs?
4: No, he's telling me what to eat for breakfast. <laughs> Shouldn't have let that conversation with Bronto upset me this way. After all, I asked for it. Yeah, but he didn't have to give it to me. You think I'll stop in Floyd's and cool off under a hot towel?
8: Well, come on in, commissary. Hello, Floyd. Welcome to little Floyd e. Munson's tonsorial emporium. I think that's French for barbershop.
4: <laughs> yes, yes. Just give me a shade.
8: You bet. Toot sweet. I know
4: that's French. <laughs> You're all right, Floyd. Hurry up. Talky barber. What's that? Uh, nothing. I'm sorry, Floyd. I... you... you... <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm a little irritable this morning. What's the matter? Ain't you had your breakfast yet? Uh, I'll say I have. I was even told what to eat. Yeah? You ain't married. Who could be doing that? Well, I don't believe in talking about my relatives, Floyd. But I don't mind saying quite a change has come over Bronco. Yeah?
8: I guess having twins would change any man.
4: Yeah, that could have something to do with it, all right. Now that he has a family of his own, he wants to run the whole house. Uh-oh. If I were you, do I'd do this, he tells me. If I were you, I'd
8: do that. Big eye. Well, my wife, Lovey, tried to take over once. Except she didn't say, if I were you. She said, if you don't.
4: Hey. <laughs> yes, well, this is a little different, Floyd. Darn kid thinks he can run the house better than I can. You know, I'd like to see him try it. Why don't you let him try?
8: That's the way I shut up Lovey. You? She wanted to take charge of everything, so I let her.
4: Right on the day the milk bill was due and the clothesline fell down. Yes, Floyd, I couldn't shove all the responsibilities of the household on an inexperienced boy. Why not?
8: Certainly learned Lovey a lesson. She ain't opened a yap since. <laughs> she hasn't? And Lovey ain't exactly a clam. <laughs> I let her handle everything, Commiss, and in a week she was begging me to be boss again.
4: Well, I wouldn't want Bronco to take over, then have to come begging me to. Sweet! why
8: not? <laughs> now you're getting smart, Commiss.
4: Yeah, I'd only be doing it to teach the boy a lesson. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
7: Oh,
4: Oh, hello, Leroy. Are you ready for dinner?
5: Yeah, I'm washed. Unc, do you remember?
4: You remember what?
5: It's allowance day.
4: Well, you'll have to look to Bronco for your allowance.
5: Bronco? Are you kidding?
4: Leroy. He doesn't know it yet. But I'm going to let him run the house for a while.
9: Isn't that a dirty trick, making him pay all the bills?
4: Uh, No, your old uncle will still furnish the money. Within reason. Bronco seems to want the experience, and I'm going to accommodate him.
5: Gosh, Bronco handling the money. This will be a pushover.
4: Wait a minute, Leroy. I haven't given him the range yet.
5: Okay. Gee, I could hit him for two weeks in advance. I could hit him for a raise. You
4: poor old Bronco.
5: You're coming, (laughs) Bertie. Hello, Lonky.
4: Good evening, Marjorie.
6: Well, hello, Bronco. We're waiting for you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hello, Leroy.
5: I mean, uh, good evening, Bronco. Did you have a pleasant day today?
6: What? Oh, yeah, sure.
5: I'm glad to hear it. What's the matter with Leroy?
4: <laughs> well, prime risk. Bronco, why don't you carve tonight?
6: Me? Oh, no, Mr. Gildersleeve. You carve. You're the head of the family.
4: Well, not necessarily. Go ahead, Bronco.
5: Sure, Bronco. You've got to learn sometime. Well...
4: That's exactly what I was thinking today. What's that? Marjorie's right, Bronco. You have to learn sometime. As a matter of fact, why don't you take over the job of managing the house for a while? Oh, I couldn't do that. Yes, you can. We'll put everything in your hands. You can keep the books, pay the bills...
5: Pay the allowances?
4: Do you hold it, Leroy. <laughs> what do you say, Bronco? It'll be up to you to keep things ship
6: Mr. Gildersleeve, does this have anything to do with what I said this morning?
4: Oh, no. Like I said, I don't resent criticism. Whoa. Well, and like you said, you need the experience. Of course, you'll make a few mistakes. Good, what the heck? Oh,
6: I know I'd never be able to handle things the way you do. Oh, you seem to run the house without doing
4: anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the way I run the office, too. Now, I want you to run things for a while. I want you to learn your lesson. Yeah, I mean, how to run the house.
6: Well... All right, Mr. Gildersleeve. If that's the way you feel, I'll take a run at it.
4: Fine. From now on, we'll all take orders from you.
5: Oh, Bronco. Is he officially in charge now, Unc?
4: Yes, indeed, Leroy. Fire away.
5: Uh, Bronco? Yes, Leroy? Congratulations on being in charge of everything. I know you'll do a super job.
4: Oh, thank you, Leroy.
5: May I have my allowance now?
4: You smooth boy.
6: (laughs) Leroy, about your allowance.
5: Yeah? There's a
6: broken window in the attic.
5: There is? Uh Uh-oh. Here's the potatoes and gravy. Ain't nobody started carving yet?
4: I'll carve in a minute, Bertie. Bronco's running the house for a while, Bertie. He's wrestling with his first problem.
5: Yes. Now then,
6: about the window... It seems to have been broken by a BB gun. No
5: kidding. Marjorie, have you been shooting a BB gun? (laughs) Of course not, silly. Mr. Gildersleeve?
4: You're not the water commissioner. Honor Bright. Bertie, are
6: you hiding a BB gun somewhere?
5: Not me. Bertie's innocent.
6: (laughs) Well, it wasn't me, and it couldn't have been the twins. How do you know? (laughs) Leroy,
5: could it have been you? Okay, you got me. It was an accident. I was shooting icicles off the eaves. I
6: see. But unfortunately,
5: Leroy, accidents cost money.
4: Here it comes.
6: And I think you should contribute 25 cents out of your allowance toward a new window pane.
5: Oh, for corn's sake.
6: I'll pay the balance out of the house fund. But
5: gosh, I could see a movie for that.
6: I know, Leroy. But in organized society, we must have our rules and regulations. Rules, rules, I'm out two bits. You're <laughs>
4: Bronco's right, Leroy.
6: I don't mean to be hard, Leroy. Just think of me as working for the good of all of us. I'm trying to be efficient in the job to which I've been elected. Now then, little fella, are there any questions?
9: Yeah, when can we hold another election? <laughs>
4: Bronco may be impeached before he can resign.
3: (laughs) The great Gildersleeve will return after this important announcement. Margie and Bronco still need names for their twins, and you may win the prize of a lifetime by helping them out. Get your entry off tomorrow. A couple of days ago, the great Gildersleeve turned the job of running the house over to his son-in-law and sat back to watch developments. What's developed? Well, Bronco's doing a great job, and he seems to be saving the water commissioner money.
6: Mr. Gildersleeve, I fixed that light in the linen closet. Oh? Called in an electrician, did you? No, sir. No, I cut off the master switch and fixed it myself.
4: Well, Bronco, you're learning fast. That's exactly what I would have done, had I gotten around to it.
6: Well, you've given me something to shoot at. When a problem comes up, I ask myself, how would Mr. Gildersleeve have done this had he gotten around to it? Uh, Yes.
4: Well. Hello,
5: everybody. Oh, hi, Marge, honey.
4: Well, my dear, how are things downtown?
5: Oh, I had a wonderful shopping trip. Your shopping trip? How are the babies? Yeah, they're over there in their crib. What'd you buy, Marge? Hello, pretty babies. Here's your mother. Marge, what'd you buy? Oh, you precious little darlings. I don't know which one of you is the cuter. Marge, what did you buy?
4: Yeah, that Bronco hangs on like a bulldog.
5: Oh, just a hat. A hat? Yeah, but you have
6: a hat. A lot of them. Well, maybe it's an Easter bonnet, Bronco. But she's already bought an Easter
4: bonnet.
5: But I couldn't resist this one. Wait till you see it. Open the box.
4: Yeah, I'll open it, Bronco. You look too nervous. Well, I'm not nervous, but Marge. Don't here here you it get? is, Marge. Here. Here, put it on.
5: Oh, thank you, Auntie. There, isn't it adorable? And only $7.95. $7.95? For that? Oh, Bronco. <laughs> oh, what do you think, Uncle Morris?
4: Well, I don't think the hat's that funny, Marjorie.
5: You men. Laugh if you want to, but the twins will like it. Look, babies, look at Mother's new hat.
4: Oh, my
6: goodness. Well, you see, Marge, big boy agrees with his father.
5: Well, I'll bet he's just hungry. But I'll take it back. Help me take him upstairs, Bronco. Sure. Come on, big
6: boy. Your mother doesn't want that hat, does she?
5: Well, I guess I really don't need
6: it. No. Oh, you'll be the prettiest girl in the Easter parade in that other one.
5: Do you really think
9: so?
4: What a cagey operator. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's saving money and making her like it. Yes, Bertie.
8: Is she taking it back?
4: Yeah. Bronco laughed her out of it.
5: Yes, sir. That man sure is making Miss Marjorie
4: and Leroy told the line. Well, he's opening my eyes. He's a good manager. Yes, sir. He's counting pennies with everybody in this house except Bertie. Yeah, he's a fine boy. Of course, he knows
5: he don't have to check up on Bertie. You won't catch him calling Bertie on the carpet.
4: Well.
6: Oh, Bertie. Yes, Mr. Bronco? I've been wanting to have a talk with you. Me? Uh oh. Uh, How much did you pay for that hen you roasted last night? Oh, that was a fine hen. I paid 79 cents a pound. 79 cents a pound? Yes, sir. It's Steuben's Market. Well, Bertie, I noticed in the paper they had a special on hens at the Acme Market. It's 71 cents a pound. Yes, sir.
5: But there's hens, and then there's hens. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Gilsleeve knows that, don't you, Miss
6: Gilsleeve? Yeah, Bertie, I'm staying out of this. Well, Bertie, that's a small point, but. If you have an hour or two this afternoon, I'd like to sit down with you and review the operation of the kitchen.
5: Mr. Browncoe, don't nobody have to tell Bertie how to buy for the kitchen, do they, Mr. Gilsey?
4: Well, I've never tried to.
5: Bertie, I just have a job to do. I got a job to do, too, and I'm doing it. Bertie is known as the best buyer in the block, ain't you, Mr. Gilsey?
4: I don't doubt it, Bertie.
5: Yes, sir, I'm the best buyer in the block. When them clerks see me coming in the store, they say, here comes Bargain Bertie. Don't <laughs> so nobody have to check up on me, because when them clerks see me coming, they say, here comes Bargain
4: Bertie. Yeah, I know, Bertie.
5: Mr. Gilsey, you know what them clerks say when they see me coming in the store? Yes, birdie. That's right. They say, here comes Bargain
7: birdie."
4: You, <laughs> Bertie gave us more than we bargained for.
6: Well, we'll see. Bertie!
4: have a couple hours now. Let's have that talk. Gildersleeve. Putting Bronco in charge is the smartest thing you ever did. He could make you rich. Bronco, you've had the rains almost a week now. You're doing a fine job. Oh, thank you, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'm just trying to drive down
6: the middle of the economy road.
4: In the middle of the economy. Well, you're doing it, too. Let's stop in Peavy's and have a Coke. You deserve it. Well, a nickel one. A nickel. Hello, Petey. Mr. Gildersleeve, Bronco.
8: What can I do for you?
4: Uh, Mr. Gildersleeve invited me to have a Coke, Mr. Peavy. <laughs> You're take it. Yeah. i got a fine son-in-law, Peavy. You're doing a great job running the house.
8: Yeah, so I hear.
4: Well,
6: there are a lot of little extravagancies we're trying to eliminate. A penny saved is a penny earned.
4: You're very good, Bronco. Right here, are your Coke? Oh, say, here comes the judge. Hello, Horace. Good afternoon,
8: gentlemen. Come in, Judge.
4: Hello, Judge Hooker. You yeah, have a Coke with us, Judge. And toast the new financial manager of Gildersleeve Gables. What's this, Gildy? El Bronco's been running the house for nearly a week. What he says goes. Oh? How's it working out? Wonderful. Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yes, it is. He's got Bertie, Leroy, and Marjorie cutting corners in every direction. No wonder you're pleased. Here you come, Judge.
5: Thank you. Gildy, I'm looking for a bowling partner for this evening. Care to join
4: me? Oh, great idea, Judge. I haven't been bowling for a month. Of course, I'll to ask my exchequer for funds. Well? Yeah, I'm running a little low, and he's the boss. Bronco, give me $5. $5? $5. Yeah, that should tide me over. Mr. Gildersleeve, you've had your allowance for the week.
6: <laughs> Gildy, are you on an allowance? My,
4: my. <laughs> well, I'm going along with it, like everybody else in the family. The five, please, Bronco. Mr. Gildersleeve,
6: I'll advance it to you if you really insist, but. What'll Marjorie and Leroy and Bertie say? Yeah, well, They'd want more money, too. It'd set a dangerous precedent and defeat our whole plan. But... The one rotten apple can contaminate the whole barrel. But... is a rotten
7: apple.
4: <laughs> Watch it, Horace. I think it's up
6: to you and me to show leadership in this situation. All right, forget I asked you.
4: Oh, that's cooperating. Yes, yes.
6: Thanks for the treat, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'm going to the bank now. Oh, yes.
4: Banking my money.
8: Goodbye, man. Bye,
5: Draco. Goodbye. Well, Gilder, if he won't let you go bowling, we can visit the zoo. That's
4: free. All right, horse. We're going bowling, and I know how to get the money. Peavy.
8: Are you looking at me, Mr. (laughs) Gilderstein?
4: I have a charge account here. Give me $5 and put it on my bill. Mr. Gildersleeve, you don't have a charge account here. I just, What do you
8: mean, Pete? Franco was in yesterday and canceled it.
7: <laughs>
4: canceled my charge account? That's right. It seems he's canceled them all over town. You're That sneaky kid. Just wait till I get home.
8: Wait a minute, Mr. Gildersleeve. That, that'll be 15 cents for the coke.
4: Phoebe, you're not worried about that 15 cents. No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Pay him, Judge. I'll pay you later. <laughs> my George, this is gone far enough. That kid tricked me. Well, he's not going to embarrass me again. I'm taking over. Rago,
6: Ruggle!
4: in my study. He's in my hair, too. Bronco! I'd
6: like to have a
4: talk with you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, I'm ready to talk.
6: Since we were in Mr. Peavy's, I've been thinking. I'm in a very uncomfortable position. You So am I. It isn't right for me to tell you what to do. Bronco,
4: stop saying what I want to say.
6: Yes, sir. So, I've balanced the books and I'm turning them back to you. You? Know? I've notified the rest of the family and... Here's what I saved on the week's budget. $32.60.
4: Oh, yeah, well, uh, $32.60. That much? Bronco, how'd you do it? Well, it wasn't easy. Bronco, you did a great job. Shake hands, my boy. Uh,
6: thanks for the experience,
4: Mr. Gildersleeve. Now, if you'll excuse me. Yeah, you bet. Run along. Oh, what a fine boy. $32.60? George, there's a young fellow with a head and shoulders. They just don't come any finer than Bronco. Thirty-two dollars and sixty cents. Who's that? It's me, Auntie. Yo, come in, Marjorie. I'm here too. Well, what can I do for you?
5: Uh, Bronco says you're in charge again.
4: Yeah, that's right, Leroy. But Bronco did a fine job. We're all indebted to him.
5: I know. I'm in debt. You? I had to borrow from Piggy. Uncle Mort Bronco wouldn't let me send out the living room rug, but it can't wait any longer. It just has to be cleaned. Yeah,
4: but, Marjorie. Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, what is it, Bertie?
5: Do I see money in your hand?
4: No, wait.
5: I got to restock the pantry. Mr. Bronco wouldn't let me buy nothing last
4: week. Yes, but... I need $20, Mr. Gillespie. $20. But, Bertie...
5: I need $15 to have the rug cleaned, Uncle. $20,
4: 15 That's
5: thirty-five. I need two dollars for lunch money at school.
4: That's thirty-seven.
5: The motor's busted on the refrigerator. My bike's got a flat tire, and I really do need that hat. Wait a a minute, Rocco! Rocco, come back!
3: Kate Gildersleeve will be right back. Don't forget, this week's Parquet Margarine Name the Twins Big Prize Contest ends at midnight this Saturday. Just think, two simple words may win you a thrilling Ford Victoria.
4: Uh, yeah, that darn Bronco, you want a slicker, Takes all the credit for saving money around this house. And I'm the one who has to pay. You'll never forgive him for that. Oop. You're one of the twins waking up. Better go in and take a look. Nah, 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 nah. It's all right. Yeah. Go to sleep. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Cute little tykes. Hope we get some good names for you. Yeah, they do look like Bronco and Marjorie. Yeah, what the heck. Bronco probably meant well. He isn't a bad son-in-law. Honest and hard-working. And he likes me. Sure, little babies. He's a fine young man. He'd have to be to be your father. Good night. Good night, folks. <laughs>
3: By Waterman. The show is written by Paul West, John Elliot, and Andy White, with music by Robert Armbruster. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Dick Crenna, Lee Keel, Arthur Q. Bryan, Earl Ross, and Dick LeGrand. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of parquet margarine and those other famous quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Enjoy your humble host on NBC.
0: They have the great Gildersleeve as it was originally broadcast on March 21st of 1951 when Bronco tries to run the entire house. Hmm. Well, I think he learned you just can't spring into that role. You got to work your way into it the way Gildersleeve did. Uh-huh, he did. Uh, but Gildersleeve, before Bronco learned his lesson, he found it was a lonely trail not being the head of the house, no mo. And here is Bing Crosby. He's traveled down that lonely trail. Take it, Bing! It's a lonely
10: trail when you're traveling all alone. It's a lonely trail. When you're just a rolling stone With a lonely star to guide you And a lonely heart inside you Like a ship without a port to call your own It's a lonely trail when you haven't got a friend. And the road before you never seems to end. But I wouldn't mind life's trouble. If I could only travel double, it's a lonely trail when you're traveling all alone. But I wouldn't mind life's trouble If I could only travel double It's a lonely trail When you're traveling
0: Sounds pretty lonely, too. It's a lonely trail when you done traveled all alone. Yeah, the great Bing Crosby there here on Sounds Like Radio. That was a nice one from him. One of his western songs that he recorded in the 1940s. Speaking of western, yeah, country and western. Mr. Country. I'm talking about Jimmy Dean. You know, Jimmy Dean, he likes them country fried sausages and them country fried steaks. <laughs> he, he likes them country fried bacon. He, yeah. But you know he what else he likes? He likes breakfast burritos. Now, I am a big fan of Jimmy Dean. I have Jimmy Dean breakfasts, uh, usually a breakfast sandwich, bacon, Uh, bacon cheese and a biscuit with egg of course Uh, that's my favorite but then I get the croissant with bacon egg and cheese and and I get the uh, English muffin with bacon egg and cheese and sometimes I even get the sausage but with with the croissant especially with the croissant I like it at any rate Jimmy Dean he likes burritos now, I've never tried one of Jimmy Dean's burritos, Jimmy. I'm sorry to have to tell you that, but I just never have. But here's Jimmy Dean to tell you all about it.
11: I'm Jimmy Dean, and uh, are you ready for this? We did it. The finest burritos that you'd ever want to taste. As a matter of fact, whatever product that has the name Jimmy Dean on it is the finest quality.
0: Mm-mm-mm. I've often said that. Jimmy Dean, he's rather proud of his... <laughs> his burritos, and who can blame him? But you know what Jimmy Dean has time for? He has time to make burritos, but he doesn't have time to stop and talk to his kids. He doesn't have time to talk to his wife and his mother and his daddy. He just doesn't have time. Well, Jimmy Dean learned a lesson with that. And here he is to tell you exactly what he learned.
11: I didn't have time in my hurry today to smile at the folks I met and I failed to kiss someone as I rushed away and I caused her to worry and fret I didn't have time to say how are you or note that the weather was fine tomorrow I planned on doing these things but today uh, I just didn't have time I didn't have time to stop with a friend who needed the help I could bring and I didn't have time Not a moment to spend where loneliness had left its sting. Didn't have time to visit the sick or give an old panhandler a dime. And I'll wait till tomorrow or maybe next week. But today, I just don't have time. I didn't have time for upbuilding thoughts. Not even a moment of prayer. I feel my whole life has gone for naught now it's too late to care. But as I walk down life's final mile, and I stand in God's receiving line, I somehow wonder if he just might close the gate and say, uh, remember, you didn't have time.
0: That don't happen, Jimmy. He didn't have time, eh, but he learned his lesson. I hope. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, Jimmy Dean, the great Jimmy Dean. You know, he really sang some great songs, or I should say, talked some great songs. That uh, sort of teaches everybody who hears them a lesson. And I like that. We're well, speaking of lessons. The best place to learn a good lesson is to sit in a rocking chair and take it easy. Close your eyes and just absorb all the words of wisdom. Jimmy Dean, he didn't have time to talk to people. He always had time to make a breakfast burrito. And K Star, she has time to sit in the rocking chair. Here's K Star. Yeah, she comes on strong, don't she? Here she is to sing Rocket Chair. Take it, Kate, here on Sounds Like Radio.
12: Old rock and jazz got me.
2: Came
12: by my side. Fetch me that drink, son. Before I tan your hide. Can't get from this cabin. going nowhere just sitting here grabbing at the flies around this rocking chair my dear old my troubles I see, old rockin' chairs got me, judgment day is
2: here,
12: and I'm changed
0: star she's chained to her rocking chair <laughs> uh, when i sit in a rocking chair by the way that's my favorite place to sit i love rocking chairs i rock every day i rock every night uh, and when i do i don't put no chains on yeah no that that ain't for me no uh-uh. i like my rocking chair free and easy <laughs> oh yeah yeah but now we uh we uh had to kill the sleep show today and Bronco thought he was the boss of the house. Bronco went around, he went up to everybody's face, and he says, I'm the boss, I'm the boss. And everybody just said, well, okay, Bronco, if you want to be the boss, you can go ahead and try it. (laughs) Well, Burl Ives, he once had that thought. He thought he was the boss. Here is Burl Ives, and I'm the boss.
13: Before a man marries one thing he should get straight Who is the captain, who is the first mate To mop stand up or to scrub on his knees A man's entitled to decisions like these I'm the boss, he's the boss There's no doubt of it I'm the boss, he's the boss And I'm proud of it I make the decisions and mine is the final one Don't tell me how the dishes should be done My woman and I, we live in tranquility Don't ask how to spell it, I'm not nobility I say men are smarter and my woman agrees What I cook for supper should be up to me He's the boss, there's no doubt of it He's the boss, and I'm proud of it I make the decisions and mine is the final one Don't tell me how the dishes should be done Take my advice, friend. stay in the driver's seat You give him in an inch and you're doomed to defeat Let her know you're the boss, man can't live on his knees Fold the baby's diapers any way that you please I'm the boss,
2: there's no doubt of
13: it I'm the boss, he's so proud of it I make the decisions and mine is the final one Don't tell me how the dishes should be done
10: Warning! 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 Warning!
0: Oh my. Oh dear. My headphones un- came apart while I was listening to that song. I guess I must have been snapping my fingers too heartily. <laughs> I had to put them back together again. Oh, yeah. Burl Ives, he's the boss. Don't you tell him what to do. He's the boss of his household. He'll fold the... The diapers just the way he likes. Uh, he, he'll wash all them dishes uh, just the way he pleases. Uh, Burl lives; he's the boss. Uh, uh. Well, Burl, gotta take a stand. Be the boss. You're the boss. You're the king of the castle. <laughs> uh. Well, friends, we hope you enjoy today's Sounds Like Radio. With The Great Gildersleeve, originally broadcast March 21st of 1951. And a whole lot of neat stuff here, too. Jim and Dane, Bane Crosby, k Starr, J.P. Morgan, the Andrews Sisters. Yeah, who else? Well, uh, I don't know who else. But we heard a lot of good singers today and a neat little Gildersleeve show. Until next time, I am your humble host, for the Sounds Like Radio Show saying so long for now Goodbye everybody and thank you for listening